the man pooped with the door open. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's not a day three <laughs> situation. So that's, that's, that's not a year seven situation. I've been with my wife with my significant other 12 years. That shit has never happened. <laughs> Yeah, Scuba Steve and I are at the, well, we're, no, we're at the point where we, when we were first dating and we were traveling, if one of us had to poop, we went to the lobby bathroom. Yes, exactly. The house that we, his house that we live in now, two bathrooms. One is the poop bathroom. One is the everything else bathroom. So no, we, there's no open the door. Let me say hi. Let's have a chat while i dump no never Mm-mm. yeah no no not today. no not today satan that 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 shit just doesn't happen <laughs> you know no pun intended you guys you came back for another episode of siblings take on maths where i the divorce gen x veteran viewer of the show married at first sight discusses it with her married millennial rookie brother in this episode we take on goldfish as cereal boundaries versus inflexibility alajuan's cold dark sticky glitter covered mind the reality versus reality show of marriage. Can you have a difficult conversation during a romantic moment? Is having a long distance relationship a plus? The sensitivity around Lindsay's, we're going to call it her being triggered, but how her triggering triggers other people. Oh, and I find out what the fuck a trouble cliff is. So we are playing with the recording this week. Normally, we plan to release on Tuesday, which is the normal day I release my podcast, but feeling like that may be a little bit of a lag for when the show airs. So we're going to test it out, releasing it on Saturday instead and see if that helps a little bit, if that's a little bit more timely for you all. Um, shout out to my other fellow podcasters in this space, Alter Call Married at First Sight podcast. Till Death Do Us podcast and Regular Guys Random Thoughts podcast. You guys are awesome and keeping us on our toes. Um, I realize that I'm adopting some of your style. And so I have, that's why I put my brother in charge of developing the layout of the show because I'm so influenced by the three, these three awesome podcasts that I wanted him with fresh eyes to kind of lay it out for us. And he's doing amazing. He's keeping us from just rambling. Although I, your girl here was in her cups, as my dad would say, I was in my stemless wine glass of peanut butter whiskey. And I think the microphone table that I was using. I tend to gesture with my hands when I talk and I think I hit the table a few times. So please forgive us towards the end of the episode where things get a little choppy, but hopefully it's what you came here for. It's what you expect. Please rate, comment, review. So we know if we're on the right path, if we know we need to make some improvements, we would love to make this listening opportunity as fun for you, as fun it is for us to record. So Without further ado, please enjoy the musings and ramblings of 
siblings as they take on Married at Birth Sight. I I guess I was supposed to do the intro. Welcome to Take On Maps, Maps Season 14, Episode 5. You are here with your co-hosts, Jennifer and Jared, the siblings who have very different perspectives on this dumbass reality show. I am the divorced Gen X sister. My brother is the married millennial vet to the show. He's new to the show. So this is our chance to embarrass our families and talk about this dumb reality show in public. How are you doing today, Jared? I am doing great. Happy to be here. Um, I'm better than Alyssa. I tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm not as smooth as Elijah Wong thinks he is, but I'm good. Okay. Now, uh, where are you on goldfish as cereal debate? Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> I, I was just like, no, no. She said milk. Even Mark was like, dry. I <laughs> yeah, dry. I was like, good answer, bro. I'm going to chalk that it's up. Not Lucky Charms. No, I'm chalking that up to shit white people like. I have never heard about that. Who would put goldfish in milk? That is, I get it. Like, oh, it's cereal. Cereal's hard. Just makes it soft. But like, I don't want soft and salty. Like soft and sweet. Yes. Soft and salty. Pass. Hard pass. Yeah. And if any of our listeners out there, you know, like goldfish as cereal, please let us know at the Wise and Wine podcast. No, unfollow us. We don't want to know you. No, I want to know, like, if you've done it. I don't want, you know, if, if you continue to do it, you know, um, stop. You need help. <laughs> but but if you've done it, let, let us know, yeah. please. And, and both of our partners are white. So we've seen white people shit. I've never seen Steve do anything of the sort. So... Yeah, yeah, no, I've never seen that shit. Even my my friends who are majority uh, white, I've never seen that shit. Mm-hmm. A day in my life. Gross. I've seen cereal. I've seen cereal with with water, but I've never seen. Yes, I've seen it. I haven't done it. I've seen it. I know it's been done. Is this a? I would never do it. Is this a? I'm in college. I can't afford milk, and this is like skim milk, close enough. Or like I can't even think of it. I would eat it dry before I'd put it in. I mean, I prefer it um, dry if I don't have milk. But I've seen it done. That's all I'm saying. I've seen it done. All right. I mean, we'll have to name names offline because ew. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into this. Let's get into the episode. Um, overall, what did you overall before we jump into the to the topics here? What did you think of this week's episode? If I had to sum up this week's episode in two words, it would be inflexibility and testing. The whole show is just about people demonstrating how inflexible they are or they were testing their partners. So, you know, Olajuwon clearly talking about testing Katina in the gym or 
Noi talking about, well, I don't like to camp. Camping's stupid. I don't, I want a bathroom, blah, blah, blah. So like the whole show, I, and I took notes this time, it was everybody either fell into one category where they were super inflexible or they were testing their partner. And I would say Jasmine mm. and Michael were both of those things. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. what about you? Um, I think they're, they're testing each other's wills, basically. It's like, what can I get away with? What, where's the boundary here? They're trying to find boundaries in the scenario where they don't have any. And we'll find later as we move forward through today's episode, um, is that Mark clearly has no boundaries. <laughs> um, so yeah um i'm just i'm trying to decide if he has boundaries because he kind of tried to make them with with lindsay i think he's just and i'm never ever going to agree with lindsay but i think he's that uh, what's the opposite of mr steal your girl mr fix you he just is that guy that is attracted to broken birds and women who are fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody in the room. I'm just saying, Mark is a guy who is attracted to crazy bitches. And I don't know if it's because he likes the excitement. Like he said, I don't know if she's going to put soap in his sleeping bag and hit me while so he's attracted to that drama or what but it's definitely he doesn't have there but he found he finally set them with Lindsay, and it did not go well but the way Lindsay said it and we'll get to this again later um is the man poops with the door open (laughs) i don't know that's not a day three situation. So that's, that's, that's not a year seven situation. I've been in life with my significant other 12 years. That shit has never happened. Yes. Yeah, it's never I, happened. Yeah, Scuba Steve and I are at the, well, we're, no, we're at the point where we, when we were first dating and we were traveling, if one of us had to poop, we went to the lobby bathroom. Yes, exactly. The house that we, his house that we live in now, two bathrooms. One is the poop bathroom. One is the everything else bathroom. So no, we, there's no open the door. Let me say hi. Let's have a chat while I dump. No, never. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, no, not today. no, not today, Satan. That, that, that shit just doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, let's 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 dive into this. Um, starting off with Elijah Wan and Katina, what is up with pushing her limit in the gym? Like, what is that about? Did, I, he, did he push it too far? Like, what is up there? I get that. Hey my physical appearance is real important to me. And also the physical appearance of the, my wife is important to me. So I get this way because I work out. I want her to work out too. So I get that like, Hey, we're getting to know each other. Let me share something that's important to you with me. So eh, he kind of had a good idea where he went left was when he was like, no, don't hold it like that. 
hold your core. Blah, blah, blah. No, that's not how you do a burpee. Like it was just, it was a little, it was way over the top to be so aggressive with her. Clearly she doesn't want to do this. She's doing this for you. Mm-hmm. Telling her she's got to do, you know, he tried to make it. He's like, you need to do this to look good. Uh, oh, and he remembered he was on camera and then he was like, oh, and, and for your health too. <laughs> Nobody's buying that fool. Yeah. He said something like, I forget what he said exactly, but it was something like, I don't do this for fun. Something along those lines, I do this to look the way I look, and you will too. We're in the gym to work out. We're not here to have fun. I'm just like, bro, you're not even in the NFL. You're not a pro athlete. You, He was probably a, D3, a D2 athlete and you know never made it to the league you know and he may be a d1 athlete i don't know but you're not now i know know? when michael was doing those what do you call them pull-ups and i was like god damn the guy's lats are just popping his he looked like a little tiny spawn and Olajuwon is nowhere near where Michael is so bro if you want to work out that hard work out with Michael not Katina Katina's not (laughs) exactly and and you would think that would be Michael's mindset because Michael is a personal trainer that that's what he does for a living that would be oh okay you would expect him and Jasmina to be like that in the honeymoon, going hard in the paint. But no, it's Mr. Uh, I sleep with the entire city of Boston, Olajuwon, you know? Olajuwon, are we going to get to the part about the boat? Oh, yes. You, you better believe we're getting to the boat. That is actually what I want to talk about next. So... I've played the game Never Have I Ever. I think everybody who's been in high school has played Never Have I Ever, even college. We'll just we'll just say high school to make it fair. Most people I know have been in high school. So you've played it at a party once or twice. And everyone was taking their turn and having fun on the boat. And I guess they were getting ready to dock. And I guess Elijah on the way it seemed and the way that everyone else felt was he wanted to get that story out. Yes. He wanted everybody to know absolutely what he what he's done. Absolutely. So if and that was the only way for him to get it out. And they called him out. I was like, all right, what do you want to tell us? <laughs> just ask just ask your questions so that you can tell us this story, this ridiculousness. I I but, agreed. Go ahead. But the questions he was asking was, uh, have you cheated? And Katina was like, no. He was shocked. Like, why would you be shocked that your significant other hasn't cheated? Because because you have makes it seem like everyone else should cheat. Nah, bro. Chill with that. That is ridiculous. And he's like, oh. He was 30 minutes away from being like, all right, so who lets their woman put a strap on on and peg them? Anybody? Anybody? Basically, yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm just like, bro. I was waiting for him to be like, so which one of y'all want to sleep with me? Because I'm I'm available. My wife might be okay with it, but I'll meet you at your room 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, crazy. He was like, there are certain things. He's on that like who pack nipple clamps. Anybody? Anybody who likes <laughs> on the nipple? Anybody? Anybody? No, bro. Like this is a. This is not crowd. B. Nobody wants this shit. Not on their wedding. Nobody's thinking about this shit on their honeymoon. If you're already thinking about adding extra people to your relationship on day three, we're done, <laughs> sir. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that jaw-dropping moment that I will never forget, I was texting my, my boys about it. I was like, yo, because one of my good friends, uh, his wife watches the show. So I messaged him. I was like, oh, hey, bro, did, did your wife watch the episode? And she and he was like, not yet. So I was like, oh, well, ask her if she's ever slept with people from the same family. <laughs> and he, he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, like, you know, like father, son, brothers, cousins, like, have they ever done that before? And he was like, why would I ask that? And then I explained the the scenario where Elijah was like, yeah, have you ever slept with someone from the same family? I'm sitting there like, hey, if I did, no one would ever know. <laughs> so me and me and the per being people involved would know, but nobody outside of that would know. And he was like, oh yeah, I slept with a mother and a daughter. And and everyone was like together separately did they know about it like everybody wanted to know and he was more than willing to tell the story and i was just like but it's day three of your experimental marriage mm -hmm. but why he, would you this is the same guy who also said i want my wife to go with me to a strip club so yes this is true. Which I don't know if he told the experts that, but he certainly didn't get not get matched with a woman who feels the same way. But I don't think any, uh, not many self-respecting, successful females would put themselves in a situation where they're like, where it's a Friday night and they're like, hey, uh what you doing what, what are we doing like oh nothing want to go to shirt club yeah sure no no <laughs> no I, I never see that happen i have friends who are in the lifestyle and so i will not shame my brothers and sisters who like to add additional people into their homes and their bedrooms and all of that stuff but it is definitely <laughs> Nobody talked the other person into it. It was a, this is a decision we've made together. And he is not with the woman who wants to be making that decision together. And he, oh, I will never shame someone for their sexual, sexual choices, I guess, how to say that. Mm -hmm. Like you do you, but to publicly talk about that, with people you clearly do not know. You've known them all of 72 hours. <laughs> With complete strangers, yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he did not tell the experts this, 
or what, but there's clearly a miscommunication in that. And Katina is not the girl who's going to be like, yep, babe, let's go on the lifestyle. Yep, babe, let's swing from a chandelier. Yep, babe, let me put on a strap on. Like it's, it's not happening. He's not with that girl. And either he needs to put Isaac in a shelf and realize this is his life now, or he needs to find somebody that's equally yoked with his penis because Katina ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. At least least not on day three. Again, the people I know in the lifestyle have been together a minute. They didn't decide on day three of their relationship that we were going to swing and we were going to invite other people on our bed. Like this is after we've established mutual respect, love, we know Trust, all that good stuff. Yeah. What happened on day three? And he needs to calm the fuck down. But I I just I can't believe that he willingly told that story. Like, like and actively sought out telling it. He actively sought out telling the story. I'm like, why would you day three? Like, that's not even something I would tell my homies. Because in you know, his I, I, in mm. his that makes him the man. Remember, he's, again, he's hanging out with his D1 guys like we talked about last week. He's with that group of dudes that will forever be single and they're going to be 70 dating 30-year-old women and being like, yeah, I'm the man. She loves me because I'm hot. No, she wants you for the money. But whatever, you're too <laughs> recognize the difference. So, no, he's never been in a situation where people are like, Urgh. he's usually for being an idiot. I do have to say, he when it's just him and Katina, he does say the right things. Like he says, "Oh, I want you to be Mrs. Mrs. Dickinson. You're now KD. You know Katina Dickinson. You're the one. We're gonna last. This is this is gonna be a a lifelong thing." And almost brought Katina to to to, to tears. Is he for real, or is or is he just trying to say the right things to consummate the marriage? Which I hate using that term because it sounds so clinical. Technical. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess that's the way they can they can say it safely on the television show. Um, so yeah. Is he just trying to lock it in, saying, all right, it's been three days. I'm, I'm saying all the right things now. So by day 10, I'm going to I'm gonna bust it wide open. <laughs> this you know, is like, I don't, I, gross. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. Like, that's how he thinks. I'm trying to, trying to get in the mind of, uh, of Isaac over here, you know? Is he going to consummate the marriage by day 10? Like, I don't... <laughs> don't get into the mind of Isaac. It's a cold, dark, sticky place, and you don't want to be there. It, it is sticky and covered in glitter. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I would say, and I will, I guess I'm, this is more of a question, but like, not a question. You don't slay this much puss because you don't have skills. I think 
he knows what to say, what to do to make a woman comfortable enough to sleep with him. Are there some women that he slept with that just wanted to be down and, and have sex for the night? Yes. But there's also another group of women where he had to woo. He had to try some skills and he knows that that skill is love bombing them. That skill is let me give you a massage. Oh, honey, I don't want this. I just am here about you. So I think this is his normal game that he runs to get women into bed. So I'm not giving him any credit for being sweet, especially because if you notice, Katina never returns. He talks about, you're beautiful. I love you. You're so great. This is our future. You're my wife. She doesn't say anything back to him. Not once does she repeat back what he says to her, which I hope means she's on, she's peeping his game and she's not falling for it. I hope. But she did say she was... It brought to tears because of how sweet and romantic it was. So she might be slipping a little bit. And she I might be. I don't know. He's good at what he does. I mean, again, you don't end up in the digits of slaying puss that he ends up in without being good at what you do. I believe he is absolutely amazing at what he does. He knows what to say. He knows what to do to get women comfortable and get them in bed. I just don't think it's unique to Katina. I think this is what he does. So you think it's, he's putting on game to consummate the marriage and then he gonna flip once he consummates. He, I mean, he's gonna be Isaac all the time. I think he wants to believe that he's not going to be. I think in his head, he believes that this is him being changed. I, I don't have any confidence that that's the case. I hope I'm wrong for Katina's sake, but I just think that he thinks this is what he's supposed to say and do to his wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Your wife this way? Are I can you see that. Are you like, oh, when you wake up in the morning and you look over me and you smile and it's the best part of my day? Have I done that? <laughs> you asking me that? Yes. Fuck no. <laughs> She's up before me. I'm like, why are you awake right now? That's literally what it is. Like, the sun's not up. I'm not up. Period. Go back to bed. <laughs> uh, same. Scuba Steve, love him to death, but sometimes I'm just like, you know we could sleep a little longer right i promise you i don't every, every damn day wow. that, that's me every day i'm like look look babe i love you you're my favorite person in the whole world but it's saturday why are you getting up at 6 30 on a saturday right well and i get the list of things that have to be done like, look i get it we have things to do but those first three things that you said could be done it Anytime during the day, you, you can get another 30 minutes of sleep in. Because I'm okay with getting up at 7, 7.15, but 6.30, the sun is barely like, yo, motherfuckers, we got it. We got to do this. Like, farmers don't even get up at that time. They're like, yo, we can we can sleep in a little bit. The crops will still be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with not only Olajuwon, but also Noi, is that whatever view they have about marriage and it being this totally romantic and we're going to fall in love in three days and Disney 
bluebirds are going to fly out of our asses. Like it's just, it's not that. And I think it takes being married to realize that marriage isn't that you don't wake up every day and think, Oh, your morning breath is amazing. Oh, you look at me and smile. It's amazing. Oh, we're going to have sex on a boat. Like it's just, that's not what marriage is. And these are people that have these very, in views yes marriage is and that is they're going to learn in eight weeks that that's not what marriage is right which surprised me because it's like you know noi who you brought up it was like hey um i think i'm falling in love with you and steve is like cool <laughs> i my, think he said okay actually my man said Thank you. This isn't an interview. What do you mean, thank you? <laughs> that sucks. Said, that's good to know. Like, and, and I'm just like, yeah, like, what? <laughs> thank you. I mean, I guess he didn't say no thank you, so it was still positive, but Jesus. Right. right. I, I think if I think if Noe didn't use the L word in there, it would have been different. But she had to say, I think I'm falling in love with you. If she had said something like, oh, you know, I know we've only known each other a couple of days, but I found myself being really comfortable around you. I can see things moving positively based on what I see right now. I think Steve's reaction would have been different. But she said, I'm falling in love. I can see myself falling in love with you. That was gonna shit out of anybody. That's gonna shit out of a 13 year old boy hopped up on hormones. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. I mean, I, I, again, it, it goes back to this inflated idea of what being married means and that it's just, we just fall in love with each other every day and it's about, oh my gosh, I love you. You're my person. And it's just flowers and ribbons and candy and champagne every day. And it's just not, I mean, it is because you guys are on day three and you're in Puerto Rico and you don't have to worry about work. And I mean, Steve don't have to worry about work, but like, exactly. I get that you can feel all of these emotions because you feel like, because we're married, we should feel these things. So I can see why she feels those things. But the one thing that drove me crazy about every couple in this episode was that they're so busy talking about the relationship. None of them are actually having the relationship. Exactly. Steve and Noy were the worst. They kept talking, like they were talking, like they were doing a recap podcast. Like they would be, a- <laughs> remember we were on the boat and we were talking, that was funny, huh? <laughs> what the, we, you were there. We don't, why are you recapping <laughs> what happened today? Like fucking have your relationship. We don't need you to recap this stuff. It's weird. It's so weird. But this is also from the point of view of people who have been in relationships or are in relationships currently marriages so marriages and and marriages yes yes marriages which a marriage is a relationship which is more taxes involved so you know good off the the list of questions you delicately created but like what did you 
expect out of marriage when you got married versus what has it been like? What did you think it was going to be versus what it is? And did that match or is it different? I mean, I expected a continuation of my relationship while I was dating because we'd already been you know, living together. Things were the same. Nothing really changed except her last name and we filed our taxes differently. Like she, she was the person I chose for a reason um, because of the qualities that she exhibited during our relationship. So... I knew what I was getting myself into prior to uh, jumping the broom, as they say, or getting hitched, you know, like I knew who she was. Like if, if I was married at first sight, maybe my point of view would be skewed a little bit because I'm excited, I'm this, I'm that. Like I was going into this fully knowing, fully knowing who I was in a relationship with. Right. Okay. Like there was no discovery other than, oh, good. You got, you have a new driver license because your name changed. <laughs> like that, that, that was it. Hey, you're higher um, up right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're a couple of rungs up, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. But coming from your point of view as a divorcee, um uh, how how is their approach to the situation like for example Lindsay the bad shit crazy one was like yeah he's my person he's the he's the right person for me but I won't tell him that because I don't want to scare him off and Noi, who's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell him to see how he reacts. Like, is that something as a, as someone who had a marriage and then looked for a relationship, how did you find a happy medium to find your new relationship with Scuba Steve? Oh, that's a really good question. And one that we did not practice. Um, <laughs> the... I think, and maybe this came from being a divorcee, is that I just stopped editing myself. I think if I felt it, I told him. And if it's something that we needed to talk about that I didn't kind of sugarcoat it. Like we just talk about everything. And as much as people tell you communication is key in a relationship, it really is key. And so I think that Noi telling Steve that this is how I'm feeling and even Lindsay telling Mark this is how I'm feeling I don't begrudge either one of them for telling that their partner how they felt and I think <laughs> Steve eventually handled it well the thank you was kind of brutal but him saying you know I, I don't want to sorry there's a fly running around I um, see it I see it <laughs> I'm not crazy. There's a point here. Um, for him to say to her, like, I'm not there yet, but I want to be there yet. So I, I want to be there eventually. So I think in terms of communication, Steve and Noy handled it really well. And I think that's why eventually, hopefully, they'll be a strong couple in the future, because 
I think she said how, how she felt. He said how he felt and he didn't say it to make her feel better. And he didn't say it to make, to kind of diffuse the situation. He said, this is how I am right now. And so I think from a communication standpoint, that's perfect. I think where Lindsay went fucking wrong is that when Mark told her in reverse how he felt, she went off the deep end and was like, fuck you, you farty, McFarterson, whatever, which how am I going to feel comfortable communicating to you if I don't know, if I know you're going to go off the deep end if I tell you how I feel? So I don't think I answered your question, but I think what I learned from my divorce and what I have now with Scuba Steve is that you have to be comfortable communicating your feelings, even if it's not the right time or it's not the perfect time or it's not you don't have an expectation that that person has a perfect response back and so i think that's so, what as a divorcee i have a curveball follow-up question for you with that one. Oh hell! Uh, i know we talk about this but it kind of goes back to something we've dealt with ourselves personally is do you when you're communicating with with someone and it is a serious statement like like how, how you feel in a, in a situation is are you worried about protecting their feelings as you're project projecting how you feel or are you just going to say what's on your mind and what's on your heart per se or are you guarding their feelings as well that's a good question i think there's a way to say what you're feeling without hurting the other person like if we're using olajuwon's crazy ass as an example if he were to say to katina hey for me to enjoy sex i really need it to be adventurous and this is what adventurous means to me how do you feel about it I think if he had said that to her in that way and in that tone, she may have been a little bit receptive to it versus him saying it out loud in front of people on a boat and a team. All the couples. <laughs> and, on, and in fucking America, like you said this out loud on TV. I think if he had said to her, hey, babe, you're so sexy. I love you. Here's some things that really turn me on. How do you feel about it? And they could have had a discussion about it. I don't know if she would have been like, yes, let's have a threesome, but maybe she would have found a compromise that worked for both of them. And so I think there's a way to approach your partner without beating them over the head with your opinion. You don't, you're not trying to get them to agree with you like Michael and Jasmina, but there's a kind of approach a conversation where you find a middle ground. And I don't think I answered your question, but. You did, you did. I definitely found the answer in your i found the answer to my question in your delivery okay. so we're good there hopefully somebody um, but you <laughs> but you brought up Lindsay going, going off the deep end and i actually wonder here um you're at a quote-unquote in their eyes a romantic dinner can you or should you have a difficult conversation at a romantic in a romantic setting so uh, i i want to say no but i'm also somebody that is incapable of hiding my feelings that if i feel it it's on my face and if i feel it i have to get it out 
or I can't pay attention to anything else. And case in point, um, Scuba Steve and I, I think maybe on our second international trip, we had been together a year, year and a half. And it was whenever we traveled internationally, we travel over his birthday. And we were mm. in Nicaragua and we were at this dinner where I had arranged this whole thing. We were eating dinner on the, we were eating dinner on the beach and they brought this special meal for us. And he had like a birthday hat on and they sang to us. It was like this real cool romantic thing. And in the middle of dinner, his ex-wife texted him happy birthday. And I was like, mm. the fuck? <laughs> Say what? So could I have mm -hmm like whatever it's a text it doesn't mean anything and let it go or could i have been in my cups as dad would say i was a couple cocktails <laughs> at that point and i was like why is this bitch y'all have been divorced for several years why is this bitch texting you on your birthday today and so we had that difficult conversation well, i was it's not his birthday don't even i'm gonna kill you Oh, okay. Hey, hey, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm in my cups now. I will fight you. So <laughs> could I have waited until we got back to the hotel room or maybe the next day to have that conversation? Sure. But I was hurt and I wanted answers to this. And so in the middle of his birthday in Nicaragua, we had this conversation about his ex-wife texting him happy birthday. So my long answer to your question is yes, you can have difficult conversations during romantic time, but you have to have it respectfully. Lindsay threw respect out the door when she started talking about you can't poop and I'm either all or nothing and I'm going to start from ground zero and blah, 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 blah. So now she, you can have a difficult conversation respectfully. Lindsay doesn't know how to do that. What do you do? Do, do we, do we think, do we think Mark, approached it incorrectly because apparently they did consummate the marriage um they did say all these things he is defending her they are huggy lovey-dovey on the boat and in public places and then you're saying hey let's dial it back which is sending a mixed signal which would cause her to go off the deep end or is she just not capable of having a difficult conversation in a, in their first romantic setting? It's their first romantic setting at that too. So you know they don't they, they don't have that that um, understanding of what's going on between between them and whatever they're they're trying to accomplish that night. Like yeah, you can have you can have tough conversations. But as long as you're able to say, all right, we're going to talk about this, but then we're going to go back to whatever the night is supposed to be, unless it's really tough. Like, look, I know we're at this nice restaurant, but this ain't working out. You can't have that conversation. No. It's over. No, but if you're going to... Yeah. In public, ass. If, <laughs> if you're going to say, hey, look, I just want to slow things down a little bit, but I am enjoying being with you, then... You know, I don't know where they were in that meal, but I think his timing may have been off too. Like he didn't let the ro romance set in. He kind of like jumped in and was like, hey, I want to get this off my off my chest and then we can go have romance. 
Like, I think if he was like, hey, we're going to, if he did the the compliment sandwich as they teach you in business, you know, you know, that that would have been the way to do it. I think he said, hey, look, you're great. You're awesome. I'm enjoying my time with you. Um, but I need you to slow it down a little bit because X, Y, and Z. And then said, oh, but all that aside, I am loving who, who you are. That would have been better. Right. But I think the way he did it was just like, hey, tone it down a little bit. You're a little much. You're, you're, you're crazy. And she was like, what? I just, I was about to give you some. Like, you was about to have the night of your life. And you throw this shit in my face, so I'm gonna embarrass you and tell the whole world that you clogged the toilet. Right, man. That you fart in bed. I was gonna put some soggy goldfish in your asshole tonight, but exactly. (laughs) Did you watch? Did you say you watched the after show? I did. I did. Lindsay addressed it on the after show. No, I don't think she did. No, she addressed. Um, saying the love, like love and and stuff like that, but she didn't address the actual meal. Okay. Uh, or she might have, but it was very brief. It wasn't like a revelation. Uh, she did say the consummate. Oh yeah, they they did. She said we were close and whatever, or they consummated the marriage uh, early in the in the marriage multiple times that day and right 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 before dinner. Yeah, it was, I didn't even know all that, but she told us, so I'm telling you, uh, right before dinner. And then he says, hey, slow slow down a little bit. You're too fast for me. Um, yeah, I just think he, he approached that the wrong way. But all the couples are, are doing well with the exception of, drum roll please, Chris and Alyssa. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Chris and Alyssa. I wonder if they're required to say yes at the altar. Like, if they get chosen, are they required to say yes? Because I feel like she would have said no. I mean, the way she, she's been acting. He basically did say no. I think to the point where she said to Chris, I think the, the, experts made a mistake i mean she was done long before that but i think at that point there that's the point of no return when she says i think the experts made a mistake they were they were done long before that but chris should have taken the hint that they were done like i don't know how you come back from i think they fucked up to oh that's fine we'll keep trying no she she had no desire to be in this and so yeah, I, I just, I feel for Chris. I feel like he's, I'm just going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, which is really nice of him, but, but she don't want nothing to do with you. And I guess he doesn't see the off or stuff that we see. And maybe if he did, he would give up and maybe the producer should give him a heads up that like this woman is not even going to try. So stop. She didn't. She, she, she didn't try. And I, I really felt for him. Um, you know, he put the whole paddleboarding thing together, which he, like me, has no balance whatsoever <laughs> and could not do it. Paddleboarding um, is hard, <laughs> and it's not fun. Hmm? Paddleboarding is hard, it's not fun. 
Yeah, no, I had an opportunity to go paddleboarding a couple of years ago, pre this COVID world. And it was like, oh, paddleboarding or kayaking. I wisely chose kayaking because I'm not going to fall on my ass every two seconds because I ain't got no balance. I know myself. <laughs> so I'm going to just not do that. But she was all like, oh, look at me. I can stay on the board and I can paddle away from you. She didn't like try and help him. She didn't try to do anything. And then he was like, oh, that was great. Let's go have, I guess they had lunch. I don't even know. Maybe it was the next day. I, I can't tell how that, how that whole um, uh, snuba dive, mm-hmm. which it sounds ridiculous, but apparently it's a thing. So bite your tongue. Snuba diving. No, snuba. Snuba diving? Snuba. Snuba diving. Snuba is a very, it's a middle range for people that aren't ready to invest in scuba diving, but they also don't want to hold their breaths while they're scuba diving, where they're snorkeling. And so it's a scene where I can stay underwater at like 20 feet, something that's not going to bust my eardrums, but I could still stay underwater and feel like I'm scuba diving. I mean, as, as scuba, as somebody who is partnered with a future scuba dive instructor, I am offended. Snuba is the gateway to scuba diving. No, no I just, I just said it sounds stupid. I didn't say it looks stupid. I said the, the name sounds dumb. Yeah, the it name just sounds dumb. Yeah. It's like a benefit. I, I think it, names together it's like why are we doing this yeah i think it looks cool i definitely want to do it if i have an opportunity to do it in the future i definitely will um but i don't know why he needed the whole snorkel thing there when he had the 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 regulator in his mouth the whole time like you don't need the 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 scuba the the snorkel next to your face if you have a regulator on that that was my whole thing it it it's so when they surface and they're waiting for the boat or whatever to come to them, they can still breathe while they're at the water level. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. But like I said, if I have the opportunity in the, in the near future, I think I'm going to take it. Do it. Um, but, you know, uh, tra- tra- trash bag Alyssa over here. I might call her Oscar. I might just change her Oscar the Grouch over here. She she lives in a trash can essentially. Um, was like, that's not an activity. I said that is the ultimate activity. Like, what are you talking about? It's not an activity. You are in the water. You don't you don't have to be near him, which 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 was your big concern. She's like, I don't want to be near him and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, then swim then swim away from him. Like, you don't want to be near him. Swim away from him. Like, tell him, like, hey, look, I'm just doing this so I don't get fined. The old Marshawn Lynch, you know, sentimentality here, you know? Use that. Like, tell him, like, we're going to do this for the cameras, but don't kiss me, don't, we'll hug, but don't kiss me. Which he did none of that. He never made any attempt at her. He was just trying to be polite man, and that's the weirdest Mm -hmm this where she's crying to the producer and she's like I just don't like him I hate him he literally has done nothing to you it's one thing to not be attracted to a dude I get it not every dude is going to be your cup of tea but to be an open asshole to him for him doing nothing he has done nothing to you nothing he's tried to be nice 
He's tried to plan stuff that's for that's fun. And you're just an open bitch to him the entire time. Are, do you does he have the most attractive body in your opinion? No. Is he the person that the psychic told you were going to be with? He probably is, but you're too dumb to recognize that the package that you thought somebody was going to come in is not what you thought it was going to come in. I think I've said before that my type is normally brown hair, brown eyes. Scuba Steve is not on paper my type. I think even Lindsay said it on paper. She would not have gone up to Mark in a bar. Yes. The perfect match for her. And the fact that Alyssa could not stretch her face for five seconds to even attempt it is annoying because he's literally he's literally nothing to her nothing not one damn thing except breathe and be not attractive in her eyes he's done nothing to her trying so hard breaks my heart and i hope he's the gill of the season where he gets a ton of puss and women in his dms and all of this after that because hopefully that's what he gets out of this experience is that when he leaves he's going to be bombarded with women after this because he did and i think he will i know i I know i wasn't the best towards him last week with the whole disc golf discussion but seeing him this week he's a genuinely nice person who is doing everything he can to to make sure that they have a good time he's like i get it we don't have to i think he recognizes look they're not compatible sexually but they're gonna have a good time and he's trying all that and she's just like nope i don't i don't want to swim i'll paddleboard because i can be away from you but i don't want to swim and then she calls, apparently she called her mom and her mom was like, just try it. Don't, cause if you don't, you're gonna come off like a bitch on TV. <laughs> and then she's upset with her mom. Like you're upset with your mom for calling you out for who you are. Like that's the person who should call you out for who you are. Cause she knows you better than anyone else. Help, like, me, help me help you, you crazy fucking bitch. Yeah. Like you're making me, cause she, her mom's probably like, look, I gotta go to work. I'm already embarrassed because I got my wife, my my daughter is being married at first sight to a complete stranger. And I got to show face with that. And then you got me looking like I don't know how to raise my kid because you act like a bitch to your husband. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why she's like this. And uh, in the after show, the after party show, um, uh, they showed the clip of what's going to happen next week. And uh, Alyssa was like, I'm just a good person. And she's crying again, whatever. And Lindsay loses her shit in laughter. <laughs> just like, it was the best. She's like, I, if you're a good person, other people would tell you. Other people would speak on your behalf. Unfortunately, you don't, have to, you don't have to convince your health. You don't have to convince yourself of that. Unfortunately, Lindsay is not a credible source because I watched that show and I also watched before one of the breaks where Lindsay was this far deep in her cup, whatever they were drinking. So yes. not, it is not a credible source. No, I'm just saying that that she laughed 
yes. and acknowledges what we all acknowledge that she that Alyssa is 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 not trying and is not coming across as a good person. Might she be a good person? No. Absolutely. What? She might be in she might be in real life, but no. Am I strobe lighting to you, by the way? I don't know what that means, but no. Mike, okay, I'm flickering on my end. Um, but yeah, she might be a good person in real life. I don't know. No, she's not. I'm not. No. Don't convince yourself. Of I, I doubt it. I doubt it because anyone who, who acts like this on, on camera is a million times worse off camera. Absolutely. Like this is her restrained. This is her pulling back. And because she knows she's on TV and that's fucking crazy to think that she's a thousand times worse when she's not being videotaped. And I would love for after party to bring back like a panel of her exes. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, that would be great, you know, but, but my, my question to you about the after show, because this is my first time watching it and you're a seasoned vet in this is does the after show potentially ruin the reunions for for you? Because we know what they're doing. Like we have their take on what they're doing immediately afterwards. There's no real reflection. I don't know because I don't think it necessarily the after party doesn't give me any surprises. I think it provides clarification. So I don't think it changes the outcome of what happens, but I think it helps us in the moment to understand what's happening and like what people are thinking at that moment, because obviously the after show is filmed long after decision day and they have to pretend like they're acting, they're reacting based on what's happening currently and not reacting based on where people are now. And so- I, I think it provides clarity. And honestly, you you came in at the perfect time because Keisha is a way better host than the dumbass host that they had before, which was Jamie from season one. And she's terrible. Um, <clears throat> but Keisha challenges them and she asks them hard questions and she asks them things that I think the audience wants to know. So I don't think it changes the outcome, but at least it gives clarification, like particularly in the episode you didn't watch where we didn't understand what was happening on the plane to have Olajuwon come on and explain his version or his side of what happened on the plane Mm -hmm. versus because we never saw it on the show. We only saw Lindsay's version. And so I think it provides some context and clarification on what's happening, which I think is really helpful in terms of understanding why everything is happening, why it's happening. Because I think in this one, we understood Lindsay had such a huge reaction to Mark saying he wanted to pull back. Normally you would think, oh, okay, that's a normal reaction. Y'all have known each other for three days. But then and after show when Lindsay says, bitch, we had sex three times that day. What are you talking about pulling back? Okay. Well, then it makes sense that you had the reaction that you, that you had. So right. I don't think it ruins the end. I think it explains what's happening in the moment. What about you? And, you know, I think it's, for me, again, we do get more context to things, but I feel like they have to do the acting of, hey, we're still together. Like Katina calling Elijah one this episode. Who knows if they're still together? 
you know? And if he's with someone else, like, what, what, what if she, what if he answered the phone and his new side piece is with him? Jeez. Why are you answering this bitch's phone call? You know, like, the fuck? Like, let's be so. Steve's birthday dinner. Why are you texting that bitch? <laughs> exactly. Like, that could have been a whole nother situation. But um, I would prefer the after show if they're going to do it have it be with past cast members um, giving their take because they've been through it. They kind of understand what these people are going through. We do not, you know? And I I think having someone, um, what is his name? I I only remember him, uh, the, the bald white guy with the red-headed female and they have Caucasian sex. Uh, what is Very what is his name? Very yeah, that's the only way I, I remember them. Um, my wife would remember. Yeah. I think his name is Adam, I think. But anyway, I would love to see like them, them discuss it and like talk about it or like Anthony and his wife from the Chicago's uh, uh, season. Well, or even the ones that failed. They actually did that last um, season for Houston at, I think it was the reunion recap. They had Ashley and Anthony and um, Vince and Brianna. And then, oh gosh, I forget the third couple, but they had three past couples after the reunion kind of talk about. Right, right. I saw that. I saw that. Right. It was awesome. And I think to your point, it's good to have people who have been there provide some reflection on it so yeah you're right i think they should absolutely but not jamie otis because i fucking hate that bitch or would you if you were a producer of the show would you want the past cast members in addition to the experts to be a lifeline for these folks Ooh, that is a really good question I think it would have to be specific couples. I don't think you could just generalize it across all of them. I think it would have to be like an Ashley and Anthony who have been successful or like a um, Stephanie and AJ, or I don't know why I can never remember this couple's name. They're so good. I follow them on Instagram. It's going to be crazy. But yes, if you have the successful couples and maybe they have dinner with them, Mm I think last week you had said, do the couples need to be friends? And I think I think I said, well, maybe the boys and the the men and the women need to be friends. So maybe if they have like a guy's night out with the guys from past couples and a girl's night out with the girls from past seasons, that would be good. That's a really good idea. Fucking send that to the show. Email the show. I might, I might. But um I would love to see like like for example bow have her conversation no because no because because bow dealt with weird weird ass johnny or like rachel (laughs) um or mindy mindy from from the uh, dc season who dealt with who dealt with zach who didn't want to be with her and was like i'm gonna stay at my my place and i'll see you twice for filming and that's it i want to have her talk to chris and be like, this is how you handle it. This is what I would do. Move on. She she ain't the one. 
you just picking girls that you think are hot to come back is not a good. I don't thing. think Mindy's hot at all. No, Mindy's not hot. I just, I just think her situation. You is, think Rachel's hot? You think Rachel's hot? I mean, who doesn't? I think yeah, Rachel's attractive. Yes, I'm not gonna sit there and say no. Is your but, wife? Is your wife on this podcast? Hmm. Is your wife listening to this podcast? No, I tell her that I think Rachel's attractive. Shit, I ain't nothing wrong with that. The better one. I'm not gonna meet Rachel. We we don't we don't we don't hang out. We don't hang out. Yeah, I'd be like, you said who's attractive? Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Unfollow her on Instagram. I mean, she would. I don't follow her on Instagram anyway. But but she would. She she knows my type. She's not surprised when I say someone's attractive. She's like, oh okay. Okay. I guess. Or, when I, or when I try and deny it, she'll call me out. <laughs> much more strong, confident woman than I. If Scuba Steve was like he was messing with me when we were early dating and he started following all these Instagram hoes on Instagram. And I went on his account and saw that he was following all these people. I'm like, who is this man? And he's like, no, I just did that to fuck with you. And I'm like, that's not a good plan, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, No, but I also do it with people that I know I have no, we have no chance of, of ever meeting. Okay. Good to know. that DC episode is not that DC episode was filmed near where I work, near where my office was. That's near you. That's so, near. yeah. So, I mean, there's a slim chance of us crossing paths. Actually, funny story that I'll, I'll, I'll mention now. We were at one of our wineries that we frequent, we're club members at, mm-hmm. and we're out, it's summertime, and I guess the dad of one of the grooms was like, oh, my son's getting married in two weeks to a stranger. That's all he could say. And then we tried to like, we tried to figure out who he was like by watching the show. And then we figured out who it was and we knew instantly that they weren't going to last. So (laughs) (laughs) they're not going to last. That's not going to last. Yeah. I will cut this out if I need to, but you have a fraternity brother that knows one of the current cast members, right? Yes, I haven't gotten in contact with him about it, but I have I have reached out. He hasn't contacted me back. I think um, he's only involved in the in the initial like wedding. I don't think he's involved after that. Okay. But he is on camera. I am happy to see him on there. Um, I will try and reach out to him again to see if I can get some insight. But I don't think you can tell me anything anyway. But if I if I hear anything, obviously I'll say what I can say. and wine, siblings take on maths exclusive. Yes, that would be great. That would be awesome and uh, fun. And all five of our listeners would hear that. <laughs> so. So shut your face. It might have been me, 32 <laughs> of the 36, but. Yeah. I've been like four of them, so it's fine. Yeah, there All we right. go. <laughs> yeah, I think the only couple we haven't talked about is Jasmine and Michael. Do you have any observations about what they went through? Again, knowing that the theme of this episode was inflexibility and testing your partner, how do you feel about the two of them? Um. So, in the in the like trailer for this week's episode they made it seem like it was a bigger situation than than what it was 
And she was like, I will not be talked like that. Talked to like that. And I was like, oh, okay. This is going to be good. Like, he said some shit that's messed up. And he didn't. He just said, you cut me off when I was speaking. And I appreciate that. And she was trying to defend herself, saying, I didn't. And he was like, but I was there. I know what you did. And in reality, she did not cut him off. There was a long enough pause between what he said about not consummating the marriage or whatever and her saying whatever she said. There's a long enough pause there. So whatever he thought she said or thought she did did not happen. And I think she approached it the right way, saying, look, you need to communicate better with me than how you did because the way because the way it came off was terrible that's why i think they're gonna be boring i think they're gonna they're gonna make it through because i think they they communicate they're gonna be boring they're gonna be a boring couple because she is no nonsense she is like look you said this i don't appreciate it and that's it your your apologies suck michael you need to work on that but I think they're going to be a boring couple. There's not going to be like a like a, a ping pong table flipping moment like yeah. like Michaela had last season. You know, there's there's not going to be a lot of drama from them. What do you think about her being stuck on the fact that his sister said that he was negative, and that? so far he's proven that to be true like do you think she because I like what she said to him about yeah you've been through a lot of shit and there's two ways to it to look at it you can look at it as if okay I've had a lot of loss in my life now I'm gonna live my life to the max or I can dwell on the negative so do you think she has a point in that she's trying to bring him out of the negative and he's stuck in the negative or do you think she's missing something there no i think she's spot on like he could move forward like the world turns as they as they say it's a good show too by the way but um <laughs> um yeah the world turns and you gotta move forward and we are a golden girl but continue hmm truly are a golden girl but continue yes i am i mean you know <laughs> blanche all the way but um <laughs> uh yeah um i think she called him out and said look you gotta be present don't worry about these thoughts if you see something say something but you know other than that like move forward with your life. I think that's the point of a relationship though, is to balance each other out. That's what a, that's what your partner's there to do. And I, I think she's in the right spot, at least with this issue, to help him not overthink as much. Because yes, he's seen a lot of things, but in most people's cases, they would flip that and say, well, I get to do this today. I get to do that. Not, oh, man, if I wake up five minutes late, I'm going to be late for my training session and my clients going to leave me. Like, 
that's how Michael is perceived to think. Like, oh my God, if I'm late, they're gonna leave. Whereas Jasmine is like, oh, I get to do this and I'm gonna be awesome at it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that's gonna be a benefit for them because that's what partner is supposed to do. And I meant to bring this up last week with you, but I forgot. Um, Jasmina, during her brunch with his family, was like, I've never been in a relationship with someone in the same state as me. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Is that a, how much of a red flag is that for you, based on what you know now with how she's handling her discussions with him and in general for when they get back to Boston? Very good question. I think it should align with his schedule. The fact that he's never going to be around because his fucking training schedule is insane. And I think if she only had long distance relationships then she knows like, okay, I won't see you during the week, but on the weekends it's on. So that should align with what she's used to, unless she's feeling like I've only done it this way. I want somebody more present during the week. I want somebody to wake up to. I want somebody to bring me not black coffee. Mm -hmm. That's what she, if she wants to change that pattern, then Michael is absolutely the wrong person for that. So I think that this, and and this is the challenge with this experiment is that the participants must think that because I went through the screening process and because there's experts involved that they've matched me with a person that is perfect for me. But the reality is people are people and what they say they need and what they say they want sometimes are not always the same as what they say and want. And this is what we find. And this is why shit goes left in these experiments is because what people think they want and what they actually get don't always match. And that's why we have explosions in these, in this episode. So maybe said I'm only had long distance relationships. So I don't need somebody around all the time. And the experts are like, Oh, cool. Michael's never going to be around. You guys will be perfect. (laughs) Right. Right. Not truly what she wants. You know, I don't know what you, you, I I agree, but I want to switch it up real quick. You said something that sparked uh, a memory from this past episode. Um, Alyssa is on the beach talking to Chris, actually talking to him for a change, and was like, so um, I saw my psychic, and my psychic described my soulmate to me. He's going to have an eagle tattoo, and this, that, and the third, and that ain't Chris. (laughs) But in the after episode, we find out that the soulmate had a lion tattoo and she flipped it because Noi was freaking the fuck out <laughs> because homeboy Steve has a giant ass lion tattoo right there on his chest. Right. So and psychic said she was her soulmate was going to have a lion tattoo and Steve has a lion tattoo and uh, no, it was like, not my man. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. so do 
Do you think, again, Alyssa, or Oscar, we'll call her Oscar, <laughs> um, like it. was like, hey, okay, psychic says lion tattoo, X, Y, and Z, all these things. Husband has a tattoo, but it's of a uh, treble clef on his back. He has a, he has a treble clef on his back. I don't even know what yes. the trouble clef is. It's the musical signature. Oh, well, your wife said music. Okay, so you would know that. I would know it. If you saw it, you'd know it. You'd, oh, that. You would, I just didn't know what the name of it was. Right. Um, band? He, he has a, huh? Band. He might, he might have been in band. He might be, you know, whatever. But, Good. You that, know. That, that takes the nerd factor down. Oh, yeah, no, it doesn't. It brings it up. <laughs> Baby, if you listen to this by any chance, you're not a nerd. I love you. Uh, I know you have a similar tattoo. Um, but I mentioned, I met, I said it to her while we were watching the show. I was like, oh, look, you've met your tattoos. And she looked at me with a death stare, to be honest. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, he has a tattoo, but it's not a eagle. It's not a lion. It's not any of those wild animals. Um, and again, she has this image in her head of who she wanted, and it's it's hindering her experience. Although she said she she wanted she wants to have a good experience, she wants all these things, but she's not getting that, and she's not allowing herself to get it. Um, the key word is allowing. I think because. Yeah. Chris may not meet her physical requirements. He is genuinely a nice man who would truly do anything to make her happy. And I think in terms of relationships, like what's a what greater thing is there than that to have a partner that wants the best for you? That's amazing. I mean, I and I think attraction can grow. I don't I understand the initial sparks and, you know, you make my vagina wiggle and whatever. I get that that's a thing, mm. but when you're looking at long-term, maybe making your vagina wiggle doesn't work for you. Maybe the, Hey, I've, I've matched with the nicest man ever who's going to go above and beyond to make me happy is a thing. But, yeah, but she wants she wants a lady boner and she wants <laughs> and she <laughs> I made myself crack up on that one. I'm sorry. Um, she wants a lady boner you're and not... she wants a deep conversation. But it's you know? but the, the problem is that she doesn't realize that she could get a lady boner after the deep conversation. She thinks the lady boner needs to come first. And that's why she hasn't been successful in the past. Maybe. Yes. I agree. I agree. But this, this episode, again, has been good. The honeymoons continue next week. They do some more adventuring as a, as a group. Um, we see that Lindsay and Mark, I guess, make up. Yeah, and they do have a kiss in the clip, which I was like, why would you put that in the clip? What, don't you want it to be a cliffhanger? Yeah. You have poor editing. But um, <laughs> you suck at your jobs. But, 
basically that's how I felt. It's like, oh well, they make up, so screw it. Like no suspense. You know, they're yeah. So um I'm excited to see how this continues. But homeboy Chris calls Alyssa out and they're sitting on a campfire like it's fucking survivor out there. <laughs> and they and they're flashing the each couple's face. And Elijah Vaughn is either super drunk or super annoyed at something, or both, or tired, or everything under the sun. Horny because it's just like he hasn't blown his load in four days, so that might be how he looks. It could be, it could be, you know. But I mean, it, you can you're in the shower for a long period of time. Everyone knows what's going on, but <laughs> you can cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> you that's it <laughs> oh man you meant it i did i did you can leave it in definitely did. um but um yeah no everyone looks annoyed and chris is like are you 100 out and the answer should automatically be yes like she should be honest it's like yeah i'm done like i I tried for five seconds and I'm done. <laughs> She's like one of those guys who does all these shitty things in the relationship to make you break up with them so that they can say, I didn't break up with you. You broke up with me, but they don't address mm-hmm. They've done a thousand things that have made this impossible for you to stay with them. And then they can say, I, I didn't break up with you. So I hate her. I hate her. She sucks. But but what bugs me about her too in the clip for, for next week is she says, Chris is trying to make me look like the bad guy. I'm like, but you look at the bad guy all on your own. He does not have to try. You wake up in the morning. This is and you're instantly the bad person. You're the villain. Right. And you're, you're the villain and the victim of your own story. Exactly. And that and the crazy thing about that, and Scuba Steve and I talk about the, that a lot, where he'll say to me, like, you don't realize that girls are crazy. Like, you're a very normal person. And the things I had to deal with when I was dating with girls, like, girls are crazy. And I guess because I'm not a crazy girl, I just don't fathom why you would do all these things i come from a place of let's keep things level and let's keep things let's i strive for homeostasis like let's be chill and but i guess there's girls that just love drama and i i don't fraternize with those but women. you I don't understand it you've but. also had you've also had past experiences where you you now know what you want in a person and a relationship so you're like, oh, everything's fine. We're going to keep it that way. You're not testing your boundaries. You're not pushing buttons. And I think that's that's where I think these people on the show are. They're trying to see what they can get away with. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And yes, Scuba Steve is right. Women, women are crazy, but men aren't any better either men will do things and say things to see how far can I push this person until they snap back at me and then we get in an argument about whatever and I can call you crazy and walk away but they don't realize oh well if I didn't do those four things leading up to it 
this would have never been an issue. And we all say it every episode, if you didn't do this, you wouldn't get this response. Like we talked about with um, Mark the Shark earlier. If if y'all didn't have sex before y'all went to dinner, and then you say, slow it down, she wouldn't have put you on blast at dinner. She would have been like, yeah, okay, how do you want me to, how, how would you prefer me to slow it down? I think Lindsay is the kind of person that if you explain something to her and she's not drunk already, well, <laughs> she will listen. Not drunk, not drunk already is a tall fucking ass, but continue. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think she will listen to you and hear you and like communicate to get the end result that is a mutual benefit. I still say Lindsay's a gremlin. You can't feed her after midnight and you can't get her wet. But we will- you can't feed her, period. But that's the way it looks like now. Because every time, every time she's on screen, she's getting into, a, getting into an argument with somebody. I almost said fight, but getting into an argument with somebody about something. Like her and Katina got into a, a tiff about what happened on a plane. And again, we weren't there. We don't know everything. But from what I understand and the way it was portrayed this week and what we know from last week's episode is Lindsay triggered herself. Amazing. By pushing those buttons. Amen. You know? She 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 triggered herself and then she tried to play victim. Amen. And I you and know. I what on the after show, if, if nobody's watching the after show, is right. We're like, Keisha said, hey, Lindsay, the thing you don't understand and the thing that Katina's not saying to you, and the thing that popped in my head was Chris Cooper. And Chris Cooper being this random ass bird watcher in a park in, in New York City, and this white woman coming up to Chris, because Chris told her, hey, put your dog on a leash. And that woman going, well, I'm going to call the cops on you and screaming white tears and I'm being assaulted. Like that's the situation. And that's what Lindsay is an understanding is that when you start talking to Olajuwon about, oh, do you want to fight me? You're bringing this to a level that's not safe for him. It's not safe for Katina. And you think it's funny, but it's so scary as a black person living in this place, especially in an airport of all places where you can't even say bomb. Like you can't be playing with these mm-hmm. words because you think it's funny. And that's the issue. And that's the thing that she wasn't getting. And that's the thing that I don't think Katina, because she was frustrated and nervous. And I give Katrina, Katina the fact that her hands were shaking as she was talking to Lindsay, because I think you can be a strong black woman, but still be affected by what's happening. You know, I think Katina- Very much so. To say, look, bitch, like this is not a joke. You feel like you were triggered, but this thing that you said, was a bigger thing than just you. And that was the thing that Lindsay wasn't getting. And that's why Katina was upset. And that's why Keisha confronted Lindsay about it on the after show and Lindsay still didn't get it. And that's the infuriating thing about Lindsay is that Lindsay doesn't listen. Lindsay's so fucking focused on what's happening in Lindsay's world that she can't see how what she says and what she does affects other people. And that's why she and Mark are never going to work because Mark can't defend her forever. It's not going to work. And yes, you're correct. If, obviously this is filmed months after the show was filmed. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if she's still not seeing the error in her ways, I don't think Mark and Lindsay make it. I don't. Because I think Lindsay or Mark would have been, look, this is the situation we're in. This is what's going on. You need to tone it down a little bit, recognize your words, and move forward. You know, like, you don't have the life experiences that these people have. You know, like, yes, you've, you're a hospice nurse. We get that. You've seen people at a tough time in their life. But as soon as they leave your, your hospice hospital, it's done. Your, your time with them is done. They still have to move on with who they are. And yes, that triggering moment of, oh, you want to fight me? Amongst friends is funny, but you're I'm gonna I'm gonna guess her height here. Say she's a five foot three female arguing with a assumed six foot plus black person or black people because Katina was involved as well, looks bad. Those optics look terrible. And the show did a good job of not recording that because no matter how you air it, everyone looks bad. Because Lindsay looks bad for arguing with black people and the black people look bad for defending themselves. And however you edit that, they're all gonna look bad. So good job of not not editing that or not airing that. Bro, look at you with this fucking amazing insight. I love it, love it. So we are coming up on an. I'm a black man in America, so you know. (laughs) I worry about you constantly, but so we are at an hour and a half in this episode. So closing where we are today, do you still feel that there's one couple at decision day that's going to say yes? Yes, I do. I still think it's Michael and uh, Jasmina. What? Because they're boring as shit. Yes, I said that from the beginning. I said, Michael and Jasmine are going to make it because they're boring as shit. I thought you were rooting for Noah and Steve. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it was Michael and Jasmine. Okay. You're wrong, but okay. But I could, I could see positive growth with, with Noah and Steve as well. Because I think Steve is level-headed, the way he handled the whole love thing was positive he was like okay cool but i'm but i'm gonna circle back to it later and talk about it and his approach to it yo it's been three days and he didn't fall into that lust trap was is is good for him and shows his maturity at 38 at least not yet he's falling in the trap but at least not it may come later yes but he does praise Elijah Wan as smooth and he's taking notes from Elijah Wan, uh, which worried me, but uh, he, he ain't the one. He ain't the one. Go go call Gil from Houston. He, he's the one. Yes. Don't take notes from Elijah. Notes from Gil. Oof. Oof. Gil right. could do a masterclass. I mean, I just, I follow him on Instagram or I follow a couple of uh, maths accounts on Instagram. Apparently, he was spotted with a young lady that looks surprisingly like Mirla in a Louboutin store. So, 
who knows what that means. Louboutin? What happened to saving your money, bro? He was wearing Louboutins at the reunion, so maybe merely on him positively. Who knows? Hey, hey, growth is all that matters, right? Growth and maturity. Yeah, we'll we'll hope for that. We'll hope for that. All right, brother. This is the wrap up of season fourteen, episode. Any closing thoughts that you have? Any hopes, predictions that you have for episode six? Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, Alyssa comes clean on her intentions. That's my hope. I think Elijah Wan and Katina consummate the marriage. I think they have and just don't want to admit it. Probably. All right. So thank you. For all of the listeners that have joined us for our second episode of Maths or Siblings Take on Maths, please feel free to comment or send us any questions, comments, concerns to wiseandwine at gmail.com. Make leave comments below and we will join you next week for episode six. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, sis. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Wise and Wine podcast. Don't forget, episodes come out every Tuesday wherever you find podcasts. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. You can also find information about my guests on my Instagram page at Wise and Wine Podcast or send me an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns at wiseandwine at gmail.com. So I hope that our time today helps you pass the time on your commute, pass the time on the treadmill, or pass the time while you're working on those TPS reports. And hopefully you left this day a little wiser. Have a great day. Bye-bye.